Today's show is brought to you by Delicious Obsessions. Real food, real life, and real delicious. Deliciousobsessions.com. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Welcome, everyone. Hope you all are doing well. Thank you for joining me on another podcast. It is sunny here finally. We've had some pretty heavy rains and some storms blowing in, and I know that many of you are familiar, so hope all's going well in your neck of the woods. Hope your gardens are growing well and and things are ready to be harvested in a lot of places, I'm sure. We're, we've got a late start, but it's it's coming along nicely. And I wanted to remind you to get over to Podcast 100. You can visit there by going to treyerwilderness.com slash podcast Dash 100, and make sure you enter the giveaway. You have one more week left, and I'd like you to get involved in that. There's many items being given away, and there'll be a winner for each item. So, um, a lot being uh, gifted. You've listened to a lot of the people speaking on the shows, so definitely get involved and share it with your friends. Also, if you've been listening to me, you know that my family and I are doing a 5K. And we are walking to support the wounded and disabled veterans, and we encourage you to get involved. You can go to gofundme.com slash camppatriot, and you can also visit our website at treyerwilderness.com slash extra mile and find out more about what we're doing. Uh, The mountain man and I will be packing 100 pounds on our back to support the wounded veterans, and uh, we really look forward to being able to give them a big check and encourage you to help support us and to support our veterans. I am, like, totally stoked today. I have my mentor and friend joining me today, and we will have an awesome interview. I'd like to introduce you, and I'm sure many of you know her, Lisa Bedford from thesurvivalmom.com. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome, Tammy, and I am so touched to hear you refer to me as a mentor. I mean, I actually have tears in my eyes. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you've got a lot to offer, and like I've always said, it has been divine intervention that you and I connected and that I was part of the Survival Mom Radio Network, and it just has blessed me mm-hmm. so greatly, and here I am with 100 shows. It just blows me away. I never in a million years would have thought I would be doing podcasts. <laughs> Uh-huh. Wonderful. You're a natural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was because of my mentor. <laughs> 
But I, oh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> But I would love for you to share with my audience about yourself, you know, how you got started. And I know you do a lot of uh, interviews, but there may be some people following today that aren't familiar with you. And I would love for you to just share a little bit and touch on that. And then we can go into some of the bigger topics today. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, um I don't know that everybody here has visited my blog or has heard uh, about The Survival Mom, but my blog has been around for six years as of June 1st. That's what I count as my first official date, um, six years. And what I say is in blog years, like dog years, you know, that's like 72 (laughs) or something. You know, blogs just come and go. And even just earlier today, I was going through one of uh, my old articles clicked on some links of people who used to have survival websites or blogs and, you know, the, you know, their domain names are up for sale. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, blogging is not an easy thing to, as you know, to stick with it every single week and try and to think, okay, what do my readers want to hear and read? Um, and just like you with your website, you, you kind of start getting a feel for, oh, people are interested in this or hear their concerns and that's what I'm going to focus on. So, um, gosh, six and a, oh, gosh, maybe now eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, my husband and I, we were watching things just deteriorate in the Phoenix area. And Phoenix, as you may know, during the beginning of the Great Recession in oh, what, 2009 or so, um, that was one of the heaviest hit cities in the whole country. And unfortunately, my husband's business was in construction. Mm. And so here we were in the worst city, you know, to be hit economically. And my husband was in the industry that would be, I believe it was the, the worst industry, you know, to be in at the time. And I just remember one day, Tammy, just realizing, hey, you know, Stephen's cell phone hasn't rung in weeks. And that's a scary feeling when you're a small business owner. And you start looking at, you know, the incoming calls and there are none. And thank God at the time he was working on a huge job, you know, that started in, I think, 2008, overlapped in 2009 and kept going for about six months. But I began to look around and what kind of compelled me to get into the whole like, concept of survival was I didn't want my family to end up living under a bridge. I didn't want us to lose our home. And if we did lose our home, well, then what? So, um, I mean, you're living off the grid. and I, But here I was, a, a suburban mom. Yeah. So, you know, in my little suburb, I would see for sale, for sale, for sale, you know, just in our own neighborhood. And then, of course, even more so beyond. And I just started to, to do some research. How can I be proactive? And that is what I really hope my blog has done over the years and my book, too, is encourage moms and encourage families to be proactive. So right now, at this moment, things may not be too bad economically for you or dealing with weather issues or natural disaster issues, anything that can come up, mm-hmm. you know, an everyday disaster or something worse and think, okay, you know, if this would happen, what would we do? Right. And that led me to survival websites and learning about food storage. That was not what I was raised in. You know, I wasn't from a farming or homesteading family or a Mormon family. So the idea of stocking up on a month's worth of food or six months, that was just new to me. But you know what? Looking back, I just I embraced it. Yeah. I was like, this is my new reality. All right. <laughs> you know, I think that actually is a huge key to survival is just accepting your new reality. And if this is my new reality, where one person after another that we know they're losing jobs long-term, you know, in the olden days, you know, 
I don't know, eight or ten years ago, you know, when you lost a job, you can get one fairly quickly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I we started to learn that people were out of work for a year, two years. And I don't know whatever happened to them because, you know, we moved from Phoenix to Texas about a year and a half ago. But um, you just, you have to accept whatever the new reality is. Yeah. You know, and here in Texas, as you know, 35 trillion gallons of water fell on our state in May. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, looking around, you know, your reality can change just in, a, in an instant, quicker than an instant. Yeah. And you're looking and, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, we went outside one day and the waters had risen around just the base of our house. It had not, it was kind of inching actually toward our front porch. And you start thinking, Wow. How quickly could things change, and would we be ready in that instant to move forward, you know, to do what we have to do, you know, as a family? So that's what compelled me, and still today, you know, that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. Yep, yep. I totally see that, and that is that is key. You know, a lot of people get stuck on these subjects and, and are extremely fearful, but when you when you suck up the reality of it and, and just embrace it and just roll with it. Um, it's safer uh-huh. and it's also, you know, it, 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 our saying is it is what it is. You know, you can't change it. So you got to roll with it, you know? Right. <laughs> so, and that's, that's how it basically was for us too, you know, is just seeing things the way they are and, mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, we need to make a change and to be a, a little more prepared, um, and and that's key. Now, you uh-huh. one of the great things you did moving from that spot was your website. But from your website, you also created your book. So the blog, and you know, Tammy, when I started my blog, I had no technical skills at all. I didn't know what, oh my gosh, I didn't even know what a, a, a hyperlink was. <laughs> I used them. I, it never occurred to me that someday I'd have to, you know, insert my own. So I didn't really know anything at all about that. So my blog started out just very primitive. I mean, I just, but what was funny at the time is our house was undergoing a really severe renovation. And I was completely blocked off from about a third or half of that house. I had nothing better, literally nothing better to do than sit at my computer and write articles. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. And, but as I wrote the first couple of years, um, and you know, the style of a blog is kind of choppy. Yes. So you go and you read an article and then you think, oh, I'm going to read this one. and Oh, this one. And by the time you read three or four or five articles, maybe you've touched on, you know, three or four or five different different topics. So when uh, someone approached me to actually write a book, um, I realized that is really my next step because I wanted to present preparedness and survival in a way that was very organized, very step-by-step, and that's what the book does. The blog has a lot of information, and it's fun to read, but you'd have a really tough time um, just doing survival. You know, I don't know what else to call it, but doing survival survival and preparedness just by luck. So the book, which is also titled Survival Mom, it's available on Amazon. It's information that might be somewhat organized, but not fully like a book is with chapters right. and sections, you know, that I step. So my book, Survival Mom, it's on and, and, uh, barnesandnoble.com. It's very much just a handbook, like a, actually a manual, where you can start and there's a chapter on water storage and then how to handle laundry and sanitation and dirty diapers. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a woman, you know, well, what about my period? 
you know, if it's worst case scenario and I can't get to a store <laughs> for my supplies, you know, what then? And I moved through setting up um, food storage. Get, I, uh, I have a couple chapters on just getting started with food storage and what kind of foods work and what kind of foods don't. Uh, moving into setting up a safe room. I cover firearms, you know, some beginning information about that. So that really is the big difference between the book and my much better organizer than index where you can quickly look up information that you want and need right at that moment. Right. And her book is amazing. I really think that for someone who is coming into it green and really not knowing where to embrace things, I think your book is such a great start because a lot of times people that are just starting out get on the internet and they get so overwhelmed with all the content that they don't know where to begin. So they don't. And Uh that's what's so nice about your book is that it really does walk you through it step by step. And it's a really great way for moms to get started because a new mom with a a new children, you know, the first, the first thing that happened to me as a mom was suddenly I've got this new person that I've got to take care of. And it really changes your mindset. So, you know, we want to start protecting our children and we want to look out for our children. So it puts us into a completely different mode. And I think your book is the next thing that goes along with what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. What to expect when you're expecting a disaster, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it takes you step by step. You know, once you become a mom, your mind changes. And I think your book is a, a really good start for for anybody, Thank but, you. but women, women, um, that are really eager to make that change and are like deer in headlights on the internet. That is a great, your book is a great place to start. Thank you so much. And your website is just a abundance of information. It is just amazing. <laughs> I, I love her site. I love what she posts on her Facebook page. We're sharing that often. Uh, you know, so if you haven't checked out Lisa's materials definitely get over there uh she her topics are broad and and she covers a lot of information which is just amazing well you know last year in fact almost exactly a year ago i was kind of looking at my blog and i uh, you know tammy i don't know everything (laughs) and i do not live off the grid in Idaho, and I do not live on farm, you know, somewhere, you know, in rural America. My life is what it is, and so a little over a year ago, I thought I want to add maybe more depth to my blog, and I brought in a number of writers, and man, some of these writers, Amy is one, Amy VR is uh, what she calls herself, and she has a degree in emergency management. Yeah. And her insights are excellent. And there's Jim Acosta. I mean, Jim uh, goes all over the country, but in particular California where he lives, and he trains for disasters, and he trains people for disasters. He's been in the military and law enforcement. And I started to bring in these other experts, not so much to fill in the blanks, but just to add more depth. So when someone comes to my site and the article is about growing an herb garden, and they're not not interested in that, but they scroll down and they say, whoa, you know, there's one on how to choose a handgun. You know, I do want to read that. So I really want to have variety, but not just variety, but I want to have depth. And so um, I'm really pleased with the way the blog has evolved over the last year. Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. And your content is, is, 
extremely broad, which makes you a one-stop shop, which I, I really enjoy being able to go over there and, and find what I, what I do. And, and you do have really good mm-hmm. writers working there. That was a good step because it really did broaden things and provided a lot of information for your audience. You also have classes that you have going on this year as well, correct? Well, I have, what I, in January, we started something called the Skill of the Month Club. And we have just selected a skill or, or, a, or a group of skills for each month to focus on. And so with that, I have been presenting at least one webinar each month. And a webinar is just an online class. They've all been free. And these have just been to inform people, uh, give them, um, I don't know, some more information, deeper information on that particular skill. So last month, let's see, the May skill was to refine your evacuation plans. And boy, that came right at the perfect time for people in Texas <laughs> and yeah. places around the country where there was some really serious flooding. And um, we just encouraged people, you know, Take a look, you know, if you had to get out of the house right now, whether it was fire, flood, you know, an earthquake, whatever. And so we all just kind of, I just put the word out, hey, writers, this is what our topic is. And a few of them said, oh, you know, I'm going to cover this area or that area. Now, this month, Tammy, you're going to be the actual expert I might have to turn to because it is on learning off-grid living skills. Because even people who live in the suburbs and, hey, downtown New York City, you know, off-grid living skills are important because when the power goes out, you still need a way to cook food or to sanitize water or whatever. So that is um, what this what we're doing right now in terms of classes, online classes or webinars. Right, and I think that's a great way to do things because it gives the your audience an opportunity to really dig in and go in depth with these topics. And I think it's a great way too because these people have varying ways of learning the information and they can do it from the comforts of their own home, which is awesome. I I don't leave my house very much, so I'm geared toward anything that I can gain from online. (laughs) You know what's funny? I have days where I don't leave my house either. (laughs) (laughs) I I go into coffee. My husband will come home and I'll say, I haven't been out all day. (laughs) (laughs) That happens on occasion here, too. (laughs) I know. Well, our traveling two weeks ago was actually refreshing in some ways, only that, you know, it's like, wow, there there is a world out here. (laughs) We get culture shock when we go out, though. I think oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I think that's a great way to reach people, and there's a lot of people heading in that direction. But to be able to, and and I encourage people to take the time when you have these classes available to you. Um, oftentimes, you can watch them after the fact. If you can't attend them um, when they are being presented, you may have the opportunity to watch them at a later time. But these are ways to really get yourself. Um, prepared. We often talk about that. Um, you know, you had mentioned a couple times yeah. about uh, becoming homeless. You know, I feel for the people in the cities, and I never really gave this any um, thought because we were talking to a friend, and I mentioned, you know, we would be okay if that would ever happen. We just need to hunker in the woods somewhere because there's plenty of food. Uh, and you know, I, I mentioned that it, it always baffles me that these people stay in the cities when they become in a homeless situation. There's so many other opportunities out of the city, but they mentioned these people in the cities don't have the skills we do. And it got me thinking, it's like, yeah, that's a very true fact. So that's another reason why I encourage people to learn these things, because if you were to ever go into a homeless situation, you know, 
God forbid. But if that did happen, if you have the skill sets that we do, you would be able to survive till something better came along. And that's something that's really important to us is practicing those skills to make sure that, you know, and, and to share those skills because that's how you're going to survive. That's how you're going to get to the next level. That's how you're going to get past some of these scary situations that you may end up in. Um, so definitely educate yourself. And Lisa is a great tool for that. Thanks. Thanks. I really have tried this year, um, not as the skill of the month, but I put two things in place also to address two areas of preparedness that a lot of sites ignore. And they ignore them because one of them in particular is kind of touchy. And one of them is weight and physical fitness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so on Facebook, I have a group. It's called Skinny Survival Moms. But then I also had to add and more because we had some men join. And <laughs> the second area of preparedness that you don't read about very often, and that's financial. Yeah. I mean, yep. you know, no one gave you your property in Idaho. Nope. If someone wants a Berkey water filter or if they want, you know, uh, freeze-dried food, whatever – Bottom line, you can learn skills. Learning the skills is the part. might not even cost much money, if any money. Right. But then you, there are aspects of preparedness that you're just going to have to spend some money. And so I have, I've been really emphasizing, uh, you know, sa- saving money. And I have something called the 52 Weeks Savings Challenge. And every single month, the first or second day of the month, we present an article that lists everything that is typically on sale that month. And we let you know what kind of, you know, fruits and vegetables are in season, what kind of holidays are coming up, because the holidays almost always bring sales on products that are related to to that holiday. And then we have a super active Facebook group. Um, all about the 52-week savings challenge. And so I thought, you know, if you're addressing physical fitness, you know, getting to a place where you could run from gunfire if you had to without having a heart attack, Mm -hmm. and you're healthy, if there was a worst-case scenario and you couldn't get to doctors, you know, for ongoing care or whatever, well, the time to take care of that is now. And I'm working on it, too, you know. So we're all working on just building up muscle and getting into better shape and watching, you know, our bodies, you know, for signs of anything that might not be quite right. And between, the, you know, adding skills and paying attention to your body, Body and getting physically fit, and then also becoming more frugal, those are ways, they're not the glamorous ways of, you know, you read about it a lot, most survival and prepper sites. You know, right. we're not talking about guns, we're not talking about building booby <laughs> traps or, you know, hunkering down, you know, in some a cement bunker. That's, I think for people, a lot of people, that's exciting. That kind of gets their blood rushing and, oh yeah, you know, we're going to do that and, right. you know, when the J-15 people march in, you know, we're all going to be hunkered down. Well, you know what, if you can't breathe and if you don't have any money to build that bunker and equip it in the first place, you know, just forget that, you know, set that part aside. Take care of things that might not be so exciting and glamorous. But that will ultimately put you in a better position. Amen. Amen to that. I I talk about that and write about that a lot because, like you said, if you're not fit and you can't and you can't, you know, get away or or even, you know, if you would have to put your pack on and head out and you and you're just not physically able, you know, you need to stay fit and. Our lifestyle provides us with a lot of physical activity. We we don't need a gym. 
but we have our own gym set up anyway. We've always been very health conscious and, and physically fit, especially with the mountain man being the bull rider for 11 years. But I've been, I've always been into lifting weights and staying, staying physically fit. It's just something that's in, in, grained in me. But I talk about that a lot. And right now we're really pushing okay. ourselves with having to carry a hundred pounds on your back that I'm up, yes. to, I'm up to 50 right now. And I'm, it's not a problem, I read that. but a hundred pounds is a lot of weight and it carries a lot of, it works a lot of everything in your system. I mean, you've got stomach muscles going on. You've got hips working it, your shoulder muscles, your lat muscles, your leg muscles. It does a number on your knees. So when we're doing this, my thoughts go out to the military and it's not a surprise to me that a lot of them need hip and knee replacements. If they're carrying a hundred pounds on their back for months at a time, that is a lot of weight, but there's a perfect example being, you know, working yourself up and being able to do the things you need to do. And, you know, if you got a 50-pound pack sitting at your doorway waiting to bug out and you can't carry it or you haven't practiced carrying right. it, it's not going to do you any good. You're going to end up getting a mile or two and start unloading things because you can't carry it. So if you've got a pack sitting by your door, when you get out with your family for a weekend hike, put it on your back and practice carrying it because it's really worth that's it. Right. It's really really worth it because you'll do yourself in trying to carry it later. So and that's part of that's part of the practicing is not only doing the skills but the physical side of it. That's awesome and and being frugal and having and like you said you can't all that stuff sounds great having the ammo, having the guns, having it all, but if you don't have the money set aside or you're not planning, you know, your financial side of things, you're just going to be drooling in the magazines and online and not being able to really purchase anything. So that's, that's huge. That's so huge. Well, you know, even your lifestyle, and one of my dear friends, Patrice Lewis, yes. they live on a small homestead up in Idaho. Yep. And I will never forget her detailing for me one day the expenses involved Oh, yeah. With her lifestyle. And their income is very low. You know, they have just one or two or three small, very small home-based businesses to keep them going. But she started talking about the fencing Mm -hmm. and the care for the animals and the feed for the animals. And it was like, you know, things a lot of people don't think. And so you think of this idyllic survival lifestyle and, man, the nuts and bolts of it aren't nearly as glamorous as someone might think. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. And there's a lot involved. And because you're doing a lot of things, you have a lot more to break. You know, we're constantly working and the chainsaw go. And right now we have a backhoe sitting in our yard that's in pieces. And, you know, it, it's no diff. You know, we, everybody thinks that we're living the simple life, but we're no different than anybody else. You know, there's always something. There's always something and there's always something to prepare uh-huh. for. So, yeah. <laughs> now, you have another book in the works as well. Would you like to share some on that? I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I wrote my first book, the subtitle is <clears throat> How to Prepare Your Family for Everyday Disasters and Worst Case Scenarios. And if I wrote that book, I knew that everyday disasters, someone losing a job, maybe a family member being diagnosed with a serious illness, um, a breadwinner having to um, maybe take on a second job or their hours cut, um, you know, falling and, you know, mom breaks her leg and now all of a sudden, you know, she has, you know, two or three little ones running around and still has to be mom. Um, everyday disasters, and I included even in that natural disasters, floods and so on. But then there was the worst case scenario category. 
And for that, I did mention EMPs and economic collapse because I do believe those are possible. Okay. Uh, but my book didn't focus on those. Well, about two or three months ago, I don't know, I just kind of started feeling just like this little nudge. I want to write about electromagnetic pulse and how to live in a world that suddenly is without the power grid and whatever other effects an EMP would cause. And actually, I didn't even start out to write the book. My first thought was I was sitting around my house one day, and I thought, okay, if the power went out right now, what's the very, very, very first thing that I would do? And you know what? I couldn't answer that. Mm -hmm. I thought, wow, what would I do? You know, what I always just, you know, put one kid up on the roof with a shotgun, <laughs> you know, and another one on the back fence. I don't know what I would do. And I just started to think about that methodically. Okay, what's the first thing I would do? And then I just began a list, and my first goal was just to write 50 things. Well, I ended up writing about 104 things because eventually I began to think, well, wait a minute, what about my neighbors? You know, what are, you know, what could we do, you know, about clothing and laundry? And I began to realize there was more to surviving this EMP incident than just the first 24 hours or the first couple of weeks. So um, it did evolve into what I am hoping becomes a, um, a full-size book. And I'm about probably 25% done with it so far. Awesome. Um, the trick is that there are no easy answers. And I find that people want one easy, snappy answer. <laughs> and uh, people will say, well, I travel with my business, and sometimes I'm 100 miles, 500 miles or more from home. Then what? Right. Well, there is no magic wand. No. You know, there is no, I mean, I'm sorry, there is no magic wand. No. You know, it's not like I can, you know, provide you with some kind of a little, you know, um, you know, magical mumbo-jumbo that's going right. to, you know, automatically just get you home in a moment. Right. So really hard calls, and I can see that that will be one of the toughest things for most people, one of the toughest things for most people is that there won't be any easy answers. However, um, one insight I did have, Tammy, and I need to jot this down and put it in the book, <laughs> um, I get a lot of questions, well, what am I going to do? And even not about EMP, but any kind of, you know, disaster, an economic collapse or so on. Yeah. What do I do about unprepared family members? What do I do about unprepared neighbors and people I know? And I started I've given that some thought. And, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, all of us are faced with tough decisions. Yeah. And just today I had to make some tricky decisions about my daughter's school schedule for next year, you know, and it's not the end of the world. I had to sit down. I had to really think and juggle some stuff. Anytime we're faced with a difficult decision, we just make the best decision that we can at that moment right. in those circumstances based on what we know. Right. And I truly believe that when the time comes, if it does, and you are hunkered down, and it, something truly bad has happened, and a knock comes at the door, and you open it, and there's your sister, her no-good husband, and their four <laughs> kids. Right. <laughs> at that moment, you, you, will, you will just know what to do. Yeah. And it might not be an easy answer, but there is no use agonizing about any of that right now. Right. We don't know. Right. You know, the no-good husband may run off and leave her alone, you know, with those little kids. Right. Well, does that change? Well, is that going to change your answer? 
probably. Right. You know, so we don't know. And I just feel like some of these things that survival-minded people agonize over, there are no easy answers. But when the time comes, I truly believe that we will continue doing what we've always done, and that is just making the best decision that we can. Okay. And that was brilliant. And I need to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. I've got it recorded. I won't. We won't forget it now. <laughs> oh, I hate you know, <laughs> I ask that question all the time, and there you go. There's my answer. <laughs> oh, those those answers always come to me when I'm driving or in the middle of the woods and don't have anything to write it down. Yes. <laughs> so I got you on recording now. Thank you. Exactly. You're good to go. <laughs> but that's a very great answer to that because you know what? So many people today stress over the unknown. And you know what? We're not supposed to. We're supposed to take one day at a time and trust and have faith. And that tends to be a very hard task. And the more we've grown here on our homestead, the easier that has become because we see how when we're at the edge of you know, agony, things aren't working right. And we just throw our hands up and say, okay, what next? Everything comes together. You know, it's just... But a lot of people really get stuck on that, and they worry and worry. And worry is a waste because when you worry, you're wasting your precious time that you do have. So that's a great answer. And mm-hmm. and we are going to be we, – we're forced every day with weird things that occur and things that we have to handle. And, and you know, it's going to – it's no different, yeah. you know. And, and it's just a matter of us being prepared, trying to, you know, share what we know with other people and hope that they will – acknowledge and see that see the light the other thing you mentioned that really touched for me um you said about the businessman who's traveling i absolutely hate flying i feel so vulnerable when we fly because i can't have my gun i can't have a knife i have a fingernail file i could do damage with a fingernail file right but you know and then so you're Mm -hmm. stranded somewhere 100 miles away without your pack and your gear you know that would be we know how to make our own tools in the woods and do how to do things. But the point is, that's a big thing. And if you're not in shape, again, you know, it all goes back to being prepared and in shape and having that right mindset. So I just think it all goes together. And, and we've decided as a family, after, even though we're doing this thing, the 5K, you know, our time is always spent out hiking if we have spare time, we, we do something physical together and that's how we spend our family time. So I encourage you guys to get out and do something the same, you know, take that free time that you do have instead of, you know, vegetating in front of the TV, get out and do something physical that will end up helping you in the long run. I agree. I agree. I think that, um, a lot of the Things that we have recommended for so long as just survival and preparedness-minded writers and bloggers, um, they actually are just very life-enriching. Mm-hmm. I mean, your life is actually better mm-hmm. when you get outside and when you camp. Our family, we haven't gone camping in a year because of our move and um, just all the changes in our lives, but we have loved just primitive tent camping, yeah. and it has enriched our lives. It actually... You know, we have such great memories. My kids know how to quickly set up and take down tents. They know how, you know, the realities of sleeping in a sleeping bag on the ground. Um, They know, you know, we cook food in our little propane, or actually I think it's a dual fuel stove that we use. And they've learned a lot of skills, but also it's kind of broadened their horizons. Oh, yeah. And so if you take a look at skills, you know, whether it's learning how to sew or knit, crochet, you make your own quilts, Um, you're learning how to make soap. 
you know, you're learning how, I mean, you make, I think, goat milk soap. Yep. Correct? Yep. Yep. And all of these skills, I mean, like our Skills Month Club, I mean, if someone came on board and just jumped in on any given month and just had one new skill a month, by the end of the year, you would have learned 12 new skills. You may never have to use them in a survival scenario, but your life is enriched. You can pass those on to a younger generation. A lot of them lend themselves quite well to uh, small home businesses, you know, sell the homemade soap. Yep. You know, make some knitted and beautiful knitted and crocheted items and sell them to the Holiday Bazaar. So the the skills are useful in more ways than one. It's not always all about the end of the world. Oh, no, not at all. As a matter of fact, uh, last week I did a class on homemade personal hygiene and gift ideas with essential oils. And I shared recipes on lip balms and... uh, salves and deodorants and that those are just helpful in that our our society has so many toxins in it you know to be able to make your own products and do things like that as well like you said selling them too but you're enriching yourself you're enriching your family and and learning those skills you know are priceless for many reasons like you said just having them and passing them down you know our generations there's so much missing i mentioned that on my last show, you know, we missed so many opportunities to learn from our grandparents, and there's so many skills that have been lost, yeah. and that just makes my heart ache because I want to know them yeah. all. <laughs> right, right. And you mentioned about getting out camping. You know, I talked about earthing this week on my Facebook page and getting out barefoot in the garden. I absolutely love doing that. It absolutely, I just feel incredible. And you said about camping, being outside, not only does it enrich your life, it makes you healthier because, like, the essential oils that you're using for aromatherapy, you're out in the middle of the woods where the pine trees are um, fencing their, their aromas into the air. You've got the honeysuckles, you've got all those different things out there with you. And when you're breathing those in, you know, you are aiding yourself. And that's why we feel so good when we're outside. And it just is so healthy to do that. And so healthy to step away from the day to day to get out there and have that opportunity. Yeah. And your life is improved in so many, in so many ways. Yes. You've eliminated stress. And you're more prepared at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a win-win. I mean, to get rid of the stress, stress is a killer, and so many people don't realize the impact it has on you. So to take those times, I mean, it's just, that's what we say. It's just a win-win being able to be out there. And and if you have kids that aren't really into that kind of thing, the more fun you make it and the the better it'll be getting them their own tools and their own kits and their packs and and, you know, letting them do the tasks and showing them how to light fires. I mean, that's, to us growing up, that was a no-no. You know, oh, you don't want to really light a fire. You might use it the wrong way. I want my kids to know how to to light a fire so that they're m- more well-equipped just knowing that it yes. is something they've got to handle with care. So I, I encourage you to get out with your family and, and learn these skills and take these times because they're priceless times and they're learning times. Lisa, your book sounds amazing. I'm I'm anxious for you to do that, and I'm anxious to have you back on when it's ready to roll, so that you can release it to everybody. Real quick, um, I, I almost forgot. Um, but the book isn't going to be out for at least four months, five months, maybe a little bit longer. Okay. But what I did is that I went through the first section of the book and I pulled out the first fifteen things that I would recommend people do or consider doing immediately after an EMP. 
And that is actually a free report. It's about 5,000 words long, so it's quite a lengthy article. And you can get that for free if you go to my site, survivalmom, excuse me, thesurvivalmom.com, and you will just see a blue banner, and it says something like, send me your uh, weekly newsletter and EMP special report. Or something like that. EMP survival information, I think. Just put your uh, email address in there. You'll get an email from me with that report attached to the email. And there will also be a link where you can read it online. And feel free to forward that report to anybody you want. Anybody that has read one second after, anyone that, you know, is uh, in the prepper or survival world, just send it on to them. And uh, at least you'll have that in your hands. You can always cancel. the. It's an automatic weekly email that goes out. There's no pressure whatsoever, but um, you can cancel it at any time. But every Sunday morning, about 8 or 9 o'clock, I guess, Central Time, I send out, it's an automatic little quick email with a link to everything that has been been written about on my blog that the previous seven days. Nice. So that is, you know, what you're going to start getting. If you don't want it, unsubscribe, but do sign up just to get that EMP special report, if nothing else. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will have links in the show notes for all of that so that you can easily connect with Lisa. But Lisa, we're running out of time, but I am so grateful that I was able to get you on here because I know you are one busy, busy woman and uh, I appreciate it. And if you have one last tip to share on with the audience or encouragement that you'd like to share, feel free. I will open that up to you here. Oh, thanks. I would say just get started and take the next step. Whenever in life I have been confused, overstressed, uh, whatever, I'm not accomplishing things, I, I feel overwhelmed, just ask yourself, what's the very next thing that I should do with preparedness? Maybe the very next thing is just to go buy a case of water. You've done something. You know, maybe the very next thing is just to make sure every room in your house has a flashlight with batteries that work. Um, just ask yourself, what is the very next thing I should do? And if you're not sure, check on my blog. Get a copy of my book. You can. It's also available in Kindle or Nook version. And look for that for ideas. But so many times, and I am so prone to this myself, we get overwhelmed and we don't do anything. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. So I would just say, ask yourself, what's the next thing that I need to do? And just do that very next thing. And then do the next thing and the next thing. Awesome. Awesome. Exactly. Great advice. And Lisa, again, thank you. I look forward to having you back on when your book is ready to roll. And uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. And until our next show, you guys take care. And God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at TreyerWilderness.com. And be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you. 